Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. I want to talk about Amber and Johnny. And I have Danny Savalos here, the perfect person with whom to do so. He's the NBC, MSNBC legal analyst. He's an attorney at Savalos and Wong. And the piece that he wrote for NBC is linked today at Smirconish.com. In fact, we've never had this before, TC. We actually have... A husband and wife duo with their own pieces from independent sources linked at Smirconish.com today. I mean, it's a big day. Sarah Gannam. Big day. USA Today. Danny Savalas. Talk about a, a heavyweight couple. Right? right? It's amazing. And two young ones at home. I know. All four subscribers, we hope, to <laughs> Smirconish. To Smir- yeah. One's like Abs- a newborn. Yeah, that's all right. We need them all. Oh uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Danny Savalos. Hey, Danny. I want to say that my six-month-old is a subscriber to Smirconish.com uh, and the newsletter. And I got to say something, at, like everybody else, I am reeling from the news yesterday. Everybody's confused. And you know I'm talking about the Smirconish newsletter miswording of its poll question yesterday. <laughs> I voted. I voted. I re-voted. My vote didn't have a signature on the envelope. I've been confused since yesterday. It's been chaos, Michael. And I'm just, I'm hoping that we can have some clarity today. All right, listen, I love your piece on Depp and Heard. And I want to begin this way. I was most curious to see how will the Washington Post report on the outcome of the trial. And I'm looking at the homepage right now and the, the electronic headline. It's kind of funny because your piece talks about the significance of headlines and who writes them. But work with me here. The electronic headline at the Washington Post where Amber Heard's op-ed appeared. That's why I wanted to see their coverage. Says, quote, jury rules Depp, comma, Heard defamed each other. Is that the headline you would have put on the story? Does that properly encapsulate what went on here? While it's technically correct, it totally uh, understates who the overwhelming winner was. Right. Uh, You know, in this case, Johnny Depp was the overwhelming winner. In order for the jury to find the way they did, that every statement Johnny Depp sued upon was defamatory, that was not an easy path. And I'm not even talking about the actual malice standard. I think there were several other obstacles for Johnny Depp that were even greater. First, that these statements were even about him. And second, under the law, and as Heard's defense attorney correctly pointed out, and I think I would have put this in big 
coming attraction Hubble telescope letters on a PowerPoint, I would have said this. Uh, if you find that uh, Johnny Depp was abusive, even once, in any way, physical or otherwise, then you must, thou shalt enter a verdict for the defense. Amber Heard must prevail uh, and Johnny Depp must lose. So what that means by implication is that the jury believed nothing, nothing at all. They didn't need to believe everything, just one instance of abuse. And that tells me that the jury rejected absolutely everything. Now, did Amber Heard get a small victory? Yes. But when you look at the different statements she sued upon in her $100 million countersuit, uh, first of all, those are made by an agent. Johnny Depp never made any of them. But they clearly found that, that uh, Waldman was acting in an agent capacity. But when you look at that statement, it is chock full of factual assertions in a way that the others are not. And when you do that, when you have a statement full of different facts alleged, well, you have more opportunities for one of those assertions of fact to be defamatory and cause someone harm. So I guess I'm not that surprised that they, were, they, they split their verdict for Amber Heard, but I was nonplussed, stunned at the, uh, at the uh, verdict in favor of Johnny Depp. Uh, not because it, it really doesn't come down to whether I thought either one was more credible. Uh, really, that's a secondary issue. To me, it's just that Johnny Depp always had the burden of proof, admittedly a lesser one, than the criminal beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, but there were a lot of elements he had to prove, and none of them were walks in the park. Danny, you, you noted in your piece, similar to what you just said, quote, because as heard attorney Ben Rottenborn told the jury in his closing argument, if Amber was abused by Mr. Depp even one time, then she wins. And I guess, to your point, they found that never did he abuse her? Never. And that means, you know, as Rottenborn pointed out and told the jury, it didn't have to be physical abuse. It could be any abuse. Now, you just take a look at all the evidence. You've got what's come to be known as the cabinet video of him slamming, slamming cabinets, right. drinking what was called a mega pint of wine. Now, now, by the way, Depp supporters would say, yeah, but he didn't punch her in that video. And, you know, I got to say, and I'm, I'm really, you know, again, I think Heard should have lost in her counterclaim. I think everybody should have lost. I think it should have been a pox on both your houses. Everybody gets zero. You walk away. The only winners are the attorneys who, Michael, had to be billing by the hour. There's no, no way. Contingency. Contingency no contingency. No, no. No way are, are they, By the way, are the two of us the only ones who were thinking in those terms as we were watching it? <laughs> of course. And by the way, I could be wrong. Maybe someone thought, well, this will be such good publicity. We'll take it on a, a blended contingency. But my goodness, no attorney would be that inch. I can't think of any of my colleagues who would be interested in taking this on a contingent fee. In other words, no fee unless they recover, because when an attorney does that, they're essentially betting on the case. And I think an attorney, any attorney would much rather get paid an hourly rate for this case, knowing that there is such a high probability of a zero defense verdict on both sides. So again, I'm not a, I'm not, you know, uh, I don't side with one or the other. I think they both should have lost. But when you look at the evidence and say that the jury only needed to find that abusive, you look at that cabinet video, you look at her sworn testimony that, hey, he punched me over and over again. But let's say you don't even believe that. It means they disbelieve the photos of her bruises and believe she right. doctored them up. Right. It believes that, by the way, and Johnny Depp, I mean, one of the moments that I thought, look, jurors are told it's your job to evaluate credibility. And, you know, if you find someone is lying on one issue, you can conclude they're liars in general. And Johnny Depp in one moment, and this reminded me of my criminal practice, was confronted with text messages that were 
pretty clearly his, saying awful, awful things. And his response, and this is what I love about, you know, criminal defense, is that you will find that defendants in criminal cases will deny something if there's video of them in high def doing it with their face clearly visible. Doesn't that ain't matter. me. Right. I don't know who that was. Yeah. Right. And sure enough, Johnny Depp did it. And in my mind as a criminal defense attorney, once somebody does that, they're kind of out of the box with me. And Johnny Depp looked at a text that was from him and said, I didn't write that. Yeah, and you could see the attorney was stunned, like, what, what, but it's clearly yours. Yep, but I didn't write it. And so, so, look, there was a lot of evidence that I think the jury could have found any one single instance of abuse. Doesn't mean I like Johnny Depp, doesn't mean I like Amber Heard. I just think that Johnny Depp's burden of proof was too much, and I think they both should have lost. This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Danny, yesterday afternoon, I was in the midst of a a number of Zoom calls, and I'm keeping an eye on Court TV, you know, going old school, watching this all end. And the jury comes back. If I have this right, and you correct me if I'm wrong, the jury comes back. We think, okay, here comes the verdict. There's some confusion. They haven't completed the, the verdict form, and now they leave again. And they're, they're not gone long, and then they come back and they return a verdict. So I'm watching this, I'm processing this, and I'm thinking to myself, well, whatever they're now finishing up can't be all that important, because if it were, they would have included it on the form. And I start thinking, I wonder if they're going to award each side a dollar. Now they come back with the verdict, and heard clearly is losing to Depp on his defamation claim. And I thought, hey, maybe what they're going to do is they're going to find each of them defamed the other and shut them out on money. 
but they didn't. Yeah, you know, it's so funny you say that. I agreed with you completely, and, and you may recall there was, you know, half an hour or so in between when the jury was sent back, and I was on NBC News Network on the breaking news, and Savannah Guthrie asked me, well, what do you think's happening? And, of course, I was in a panic trying to decipher or read into what they were doing, and I arrived at the same conclusion that whatever it is, they shouldn't be back there that long. Right. Uh, because if they left a blank, one of two things happened. Either they are galactically negligent and they just missed one of, I think, six or seven pages in the uh, verdict form, uh, or they meant to send a, that, they meant for that to be zero. And of course, it right. made a lot of sense. It was obviously the punitive damages line that they just left blank. Uh, I'm guessing. We don't know for sure, but I mean, I think that's very clearly uh, what you can infer. That, but I do agree with you, Michael. I thought that's what we were looking at. I thought that they were going to enter. Uh, liability verdicts, but find a dollar or five dollars. And I said that on air. I thought that might be what we see. And that, again, because we're not in a criminal court, that is kind of the same result as a defense verdict all around is a finding of liability. But each of you get nothing. Okay, here's here's my final and big picture question for Danny Savalos. Thank you for being so gracious with your time. By the way, Danny's piece is posted at Smirconish.com today. It's a really great analysis because Danny breaks down each one of the claims by each of the parties and explains why, you know, it really doesn't make sense to him. The very first line, quote, the jury got it wrong. So yesterday we had posted in the newsletter and on the website a piece from Monica Lewinsky from Vanity Fair, essentially saying, and I'm sure you read it, essentially saying, like, shame on all of us for watching this. Danny, is this a one-off, or do you think that the Me Too movement really suffers by this outcome? No, I think this is a one-off because, and I said this from the beginning, and it's because nobody, nobody can relate to these two parties. There is nothing typical about this case. It really wasn't a domestic violence case. Don't forget, it was a defamation case. It became a mini-trial about domestic violence, but not, not, uh, not a domestic violence case that anyone, survivors or otherwise, I think, really would identify with, because these two uh, were just so unusual. I mean, they live lives that are just completely unrelatable. So I think, I, I think in that sense, I don't know that there are any broader uh, implications. I, I, to this day, I do not understand why social media, and I, that's not a scientific uh, study, but social media just seemed to hate Amber Heard. And, you know, that surprised me, I guess. But, you know, sticking to the elements, I just thought each of them had too, uh, too high a burden to meet and shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have won anything. I don't. I mean, I don't understand it either. I, I I watched the cheering. They had a split screen on Court TV yesterday showing what was going on inside and the way it was being reacted to outside. And there was cheering from throngs of of people, mostly women, who showed up again to support Johnny Depp. There's an issue there of women disbelieving women. I can't document it without with any science or data, but in, intuitively, I've seen it in my own practice, and I. Th- saw that play itself out in this case. I agree. I mean, I really, it's all conjecture uh, on my part, but I have, you know, a, a lot of different thoughts, and a lot of it is, you know, look, once maybe once folks saw that Amber Heard was uh, cross-examined as less than credible uh, on certain issues, right. maybe they just decided that that is, you know, falsus in unum, falsus in toto. I'm probably butchering the Latin, but that's a jury instruction that jurors get that, look, if somebody's a liar, you don't have to just disbelieve them on one point. You can disbelieve them on all points. And just one more thing I wanted to mention is that, you know, you as a journalist, Michael, the part that really blew me away, and I wrote about this, was that Amber Heard was found liable for writing the headline. 
let me just tell you, my example, the, the article that you posted of mine, thank you very much, and probably even my wife, Sarah Ganim, in USA Today today, I'm, I'm willing to bet, oh, I know for sure, I had nothing to do with, with the headline right. in that article. Yeah. I had absolutely, and by the way, when I was at CNN and my terrific editors there, who I love, Richard Gallant and uh, his team, I used to suggest t- headlines all the time. And I was, you know, sent that they basically told very politely, that's not really your department. Right. I had the same issue where there was something I was saying on CNN and the Chiron applied to Bernie Sanders and the Sanders campaign was livid and they filed a complaint against me. I had nothing to do with the Chiron. I know exactly, exactly what you're saying. Danny, thank you so much. What an excellent analysis. Truly, the piece that you wrote is is great. E pluribus unum. That's that's the only Latin I can respond to you with. All right. Thank you. Bye for now. And Bye thank for you now. so much for having the husband and wife team on your uh, D- Danny, Danny it, is, it is a record. We've never had it before. I, I, although, although I have to say, one of you is a Pulitzer Prize winner. The other is not. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, believe me. I am the sunny to my wife's share. Trust me. I am the sunny to her share. Thank you, Danny. Uh, yesterday, Monica Lewinsky said, quote, the obsessive chatter around the Depp Heard trial is just one small example of the ever expanding, ever demanding search for schadenfreude and titillation. No matter whom the jury's verdict favors, be it defendant Heard or plaintiff Depp, we are guilty. What do you think? My question to Danny Savalos at the end, a one off or does this case say something larger about Me Too? And ladies, I know we've covered this ground before, but we must cover it again. Why so much disbelief and scorn of Amber Heard? I mean, is this just like, TC, watch me on this and don't let me get get myself in trouble. Is this just women, like, again, responding to the bad boy? Like, y'all want the bad boy. Well, there he is with his tats and his rings and his shades. And Are you his... talking about the whole, like, everyone outside court TV, outside the courtroom, et cetera? I don't because know what not... I'm talking about. What was the jury makeup? They weren't all women. No, they certainly weren't. But, but to the extent that they're a slice of society, I mean, Absolutely fascinating. society's so responsive to this guy when there's a woman there who says, I was abused. Right. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. 
Uh, Bernadette, greetings in New York. You're thinking, what about Amber and Johnny? Well, okay. So I was listening to what you said about girls liking the bad boy. And, you know, maybe that's the case for some people. But I think a lot more women are sexual assault uh, victims than people even like to acknowledge. And as one of them, it's really difficult to watch a woman stand, you know, under oath and obviously lie about things. You know, I'm sure that they had a contentious relationship, but it sort of diminishes, you know, people who are just simply victims. And it hurt to watch someone who was just as much a part of the violence and the abuse. And it's, I think it strikes a chord with women because we really are used to being, you know, victims and for her to be so contentious and um, I'm not really sure what the word is, but it's just difficult to watch someone lie when there are so many women who are actually, you know, strictly victims who, you know, never get their day in court. They never okay, get so Bern- their... Bernadette, Bernadette, what you're saying is, what you're saying is, to the extent this was a setback for Me Too, it is Amber Heard's fault. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent. I mean, I think that, you know, their relationship was very contentious from the get-go, and, you know, they're both at fault, but the onus is on her because she's taking away from women who are, I get you it. know, true victims. Totally, totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah, I got to run because many women want to weigh in on this, and I want to hear what they all have to say. Uh, Donna, you're in Missouri in Joplin. Greetings. You're thinking what today? Well, actually, I called in. I pretty much agree with the prior caller there. But women who have been abused are women just know women. And we can look at them and basically say, you're not telling the truth, lady. I mean, there's body language. They're just all different things. But you could just tell. I mean, she's an actress, evidently a poor one. But... We just know look, women know look, women. My, okay, I'm, I, 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 I hate doing this, like revealing confidences like this, but I am going to tell you that my mother called me as soon as the verdict came in, and and uh-huh. she was she was very pleased for Johnny, like she's been watching this thing, and and like I'm, I'm like mom, you know what is it about this? She didn't buy into what Amber was saying, did well, not accept either. it. I don't think any woman really did. I mean, it just. It wasn't authentic, but real. I have anyway, to say, that- I, I was, I, thank you, Donna. I was surprised. In the end, in the end, especially as that verdict was being read, I was thinking to myself, they're both going to get shut out. And that is not the way that it occurred. Linda, you're in Northern Virginia. Thank you for your phone call. What did you want to add? All Hi, women on the board right now, which is kind of cool. I love this. Go ahead. Hi, I agree with the prior two callers as well. And yes, I'm in Northern Virginia, but no, I never went to the trial. You thought of it, though. You thought about it, didn't you? A lot of people thought about it, but I have other (laughs) things to do during the day. But but agreeing with what the other two callers said, and it is not a bad boy thing. It's definitely, we all have met someone, not just a woman, man or woman. We've all met someone like Amber Heard someone that doesn't even know when they're telling the truth anymore because they honestly believe their own lies. We've all met people with these psychological issues that she does have. 
I mean, the and and she's not even that great of an actress. She couldn't even produce tears with her sobbing, and it just all seemed inauthentic. And you know. You know who said that? You know who made that crying comment? Janine Driver is the body language expert who was a guest of mine here on POTUS and a guest of mine on CNN because I was so impressed with her commentary. And and truth be told, I sent her an email yesterday and I said, well, you called it. But she was here on this program breaking down Amber's emotional response and, and saying it was not authentic. Exactly. And then, okay, I have a, I have a que- Linda. I have a question for you, and I don't know how closely you paid attention, but at what point did you decide you were not buying Amber Heard's testimony? Was it an instantaneous thing, or did it build over time? I think it built over time because we want to believe women. I think I don't think this verdict sets back the Me Too movement. I think she does because I think she glommed onto something. It was obvious, and I think that's unfortunate. It, it was something definitely over time, just watching her. I mean, there was no, obviously there was no uh, documentary evidence of an assault in progress. She had those photographs. The jury obviously didn't buy it. I mean, let me just underscore what Danny Savalo said. All Amber Heard needed to do to assert truth as a defense was prove that one time, one time he had abused her. And she didn't. Uh, I thought that I, I thought that the mountain of evidence of his over the top behavior, whether it was trashing the cabinets, whether it was him just being hammered, stoned, whatever, was going to create this presumption in the minds of the jury that, well, he did all that stuff that in a destructive way to property or to himself. He probably abused her, too. And no, the jury was able to distinguish between self-injurious behavior through drugs or booze or property damage and laying a hand on her. And it was also bizarre because she did document everything, but yet couldn't document evidence concrete. I think that hurt her. I think I think there was like it, it started took on the dimension of a setup. For example, exactly. I remember when the I remember when there was a photograph that was introduced into evidence, which were lines of, of coke and and the cross examination was such of, wow, you know, how neat the kitchen table looks. And the implication was you set this whole thing up. Yeah. Or the embarrassing photos she'll take of him, but not take photos of abuse. I mean, I think right. the breakout I'm girl crushing hard on Camille. You know, mm. I mean, she's she's the woman that that I think we're all going to need to pay more attention to. She was fantastic, and I think she brought up a lot of good oh, points. Oh, my God. And the inner, and the, and, and by the way, Linda is, for those who didn't watch, thank you, Linda, for those who didn't watch, she's making reference to Johnny's attorney, uh, Ms. Vasquez, who, and the, the interplay between the two of them was really something to behold. I represented and tried cases for lots of female clients. You would never have seen me touch my client in or outside of courtroom. And and yet the two of them had this this playfulness that had to have been choreographed. Okay, two things. It had to have One been is you're not very touchy. You're not a touchy person. No, hell no. I mean, But I, I'm it, saying like maybe they are touchy people. Oh, I don't know. It just, I think it was here. Do you want to know what I think? I think it was it was staged behavior. 
which was intended to show, hey, Johnny's not a bad guy. And, and it his, worked. And his lawyer, <laughs> his lawyer's not afraid of him. You know, they're like touching hands as he's passing notes and playful and so forth. Sounds and, like you watched and, a lot of this. Well, I, I paid. I, 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 I'll tell you this. I wasn't watching any of it. Give credit where credit is due. About a, a week or two into trial, I heard Howard Stern have this conversation with his, you know, aide de camp, Ralph Cirillo. And on Howard's show, they were analyzing Johnny. And I'm like, what am I missing here? So it was Howard who turned me on to Johnny. And I started watching when all I of could us. on court right. TV. <laughs> and, 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 and you could not. I mean, ask Monica Lewinsky. You could not take your eyes off of it once you started to watch it's it. true. Once you started to watch it. But it's... It's really interesting to see what it represents, if anything, if anything. I mean, it's being celebrated on the right. I didn't see this trial in partisan terms, but then again, everything is seen in partisan terms. Uh, Help me with your name. You're in Toronto. Do you want me to take a shot at it, or do you just want to tell it to me? I'll tell it to you. It's Mithulza. 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 Hi. Mithulza. Okay. Mithulza. Greetings. So I'm a family law lawyer, and I have to tell you, I did not follow the trial from the time they separated until maybe about a month ago. Okay. And so I really did not know what it was about. And I have to tell you, as a family law lawyer that does trials, that deals with domestic violence, the problem with Amber's case was the evidence was poor. She was a terrible witness. And when you delved into the evidence, clearly there were huge problems with her story. The other part of it is sometimes you just have the wrong person representing uh, an issue or a topic. She just wasn't the right person for this. Um, And the other part of this I think people are forgetting is the, um, I think, the damage done to the ACLU and their involvement in this because um, I I just... They wrote it. They wrote it for her. they, They wrote the article and... You know, whatever the background was, if you read the emails, if you saw the evidence with respect to how she got, I'm going to call it the ambassadorship, it makes you wonder, did she purchase it? Didn't she purchase it? I don't know. But for me, the ACLU as a young lawyer represented ideas about uh, freedom of speech, freedom of expression, and the rights for people to say what they wanted to say, and understanding that people like Nazis have a right to protest and somebody will defend them. And to me, I think the damage to the ACLU has been enormous. I don't think Amber Heard has heard the Me Too movement because anybody that works with victims of domestic violence will understand that true victims of domestic violence, you just know who they are. You can well, feel it in I your wanna, gut. I want to I want to piggy. Thank you for those thoughtful comments. I think they were all valid. And I want to piggyback on this. Yes. Uh, the ACLU's behavior in this is deserving of scrutiny. Let me tell you who else. The Washington Post. You know, it's highly unusual. I litigated defamation actions. Never, never would I sue a speaker quoted in a publication without suing the publication. But Johnny and his lawyer, they they didn't do that. Why didn't they do that? I think because they wanted to make it the two of them. I think, frankly, an additional bank of lawyers in that courtroom paid for by The Washington Post would have complicated the case. Instead, it was all about 
Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And it was a choice between one or the other and not a choice between the Washington Post and Amber Heard or Johnny Depp. Angie, you're in Dallas. Quickly, what did you want to say? Yeah, I just wanted to say that one of the most troubling things I found about this trial was when the judge compelled Amber Heard to be evaluated by a psychologist and then allowed that psychologist to come in and testify that she's a liar before she ever took the stand. And I thought, you know, credibility is the purview of the jury. It's not for expert testimony. And that it really bothered me. Um, Are you and I a lawyer? I'm an arbitrator and a former right. lawyer. Yeah. And I evaluate credibility for a living. And I had issues with Amber Heard, but I had bigger issues with Johnny Depp. Like, I don't see how any logical human being could have believed his finger-cutting-off story. I mean, that was just insanity. And so, you know, they both had issues, but it all got put onto Amber Heard. So I think your comments. I think your comments are your comments are great. I thought the same. I uh, thank you, Angie. I thought the same thing about the finger story. Um, the judge was very, in my view, and I didn't watch all of it. it I think TC's got this impression that I, I saw it gavel to gavel, and I didn't. But I was keenly interested. Um, the judge was very permissive from the evidentiary rulings that I saw the judge make in this case. It's like it all came in. I think a lot of things came in that never should have come in. Sam, Queens, New York. Quickly, what did you want to say? Hi, Michael. Thank you. Um, basically, I disagree with your earlier guest that's saying Johnny Depp was being confronted by the test message and he just denied it. Someone on YouTube with an eagle eye and great software zoomed in to the test message and it showed that those test messages were all incoming to him. Someone, this was sent by somebody else to him. Interesting. Not his test message. That's I, why he has no recollection of that, and you can find that on okay. YouTube. Okay, I, pre- I appreciate the, the eagle eye, and thank you, Sam, for bringing that to my attention. Finally, it is Mark in Syracuse, and then we're done on this. Go ahead, Mark. Hi, Michael. Thanks for taking my call. I agree with an early commentator, basically having worked a little bit with newspapers, knowing how they operate, the part of the verdict that's concerned with the headline is basically flawed because journalists, authors, columnists do not write headlines. I wrote 1,000. Thank you, Mark. I wrote 1,047 columns as a newspaper columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer and Philadelphia Daily News over the span of 15 years. My hundred most memorable are a book called Clowns to the Left of Me, Jokers to the Right. In 1,047 newspaper columns that I wrote and were published, I wrote zero of the headlines. Zero. There were many that I disagreed with. But yes, I concur that the idea that Amber heard and see, had Johnny sued the Washington Post and Amber heard, then that would have been sorted out. But to hold her accountable for the headline makes zero sense to me. The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.